0: And welcome to another edition of Sanctified Reason. Sanctified Reason is a podcast where Dan Belzell and myself, Son Edom, we sit at the crossroads of faith and pop culture and talk about the things that go on in this world. And Dan, one of the things that is going on in this world, is a lot of upheaval. I mean, there's a lot of upheaval in the political world, in the social world, in Hollywood. There's a uh, writer's strike going on that's prohibiting people from watching, you know, late-night television because apparently they're all in reruns. Um, And so I've seen a couple articles about that. But there's just all kinds of different things going on. We've got this, you know, border thing that's supposed to uh, change now with the way immigrants come in, and apparently there's going to be a big run at the southern border. And so there's all these different things going on. Uh, You had uh, recently, you know, uh, Donald Trump on CNN, and everybody's reacting to that. And it comes down to, I think, how we respond kind of tells us who we are. It kind of gives us an idea of what our character is. And not only our character, but as a person of faith or as a Christian, someone who actually follows the Bible and not just by name, we take a look at ourselves. And I guess there's some things that we can ask ourselves to really see just how well our spiritual health is. And in fact, you write an article in the Christian Post about it, Five Questions to Assess Your Spiritual Health. I thought that's something that we can kind of go over because it's important for us to you know, not only get physical checkups at the doctor or even go to the dentist for checkups and take care of our physical selves, but it's also important to take care of our spiritual selves, and that might even require us to kind of do a spiritual check on how we're doing. And I thought that's something we can go over here on this podcast. Yeah,
1: I think that's always a good idea, isn't it, song for us just to check in uh, with, with Scripture, with the Lord, with some uh, kind of some diagnostic questions, uh, because, you know, we're all capable of um, letting, letting things slide. I mean, we see this all the time with our physical health, don't we? Uh, I mean, who hasn't, uh, you know, let some aspect of their physical health slide, whether it be, uh, you know, checking on. Uh, maybe like your blood pressure, for example, if you have an issue with that, or or weight, weight issues or, um, you know, other, other issues that require attention. You know, who hasn't done that with, with their physical condition? And so uh, how much more important is it to do it with our soul and our spiritual condition? So no, I think that's a great idea. And yeah, I do think that article is kind of a good jumping off point for that.
0: And so one of the things I think that we need to take a look at First and foremost is that of what we call being self-righteous. I recently talked with somebody. I believe she's twenty-one. You know, so young. Young's the point. The specific age is irrelevant, but she's young. She went through uh, foster care for pretty much her entire life. Her one foster parent that eventually, um, she kind of became like a permanent home in her latter stages of foster care that had the most impact on her, was a Christian that would go to church. Now, this particular uh, person didn't go to church because according to foster rules, she doesn't have to. Uh, but she was talking about the impression that this foster parent had on her through her so-called Christian walk. And it wasn't necessarily a bad one per se, but what was coming across was the fact that, okay, I'm a Christian, I go to church, I do these things, you don't go to church, you don't read the Bible, you don't do the same things I do, therefore I'm a little bit better than you type of thing. And it's almost like it comes down to being self-righteous, like I'm better than you or I'm more holier than you or whatever you want to throw in there because of my faith, when in actuality, that probably isn't the the right way to approach it, especially if you're dealing with other people. So I guess the first check, you know, you mentioned blood pressure, you know, blood pressure, heart rate, you know, breathing, those are the things that, you know, maybe weight. If you go to the doctors, those are kind of some of the four top things they're going to check, maybe your eyes. But self-righteousness, are we being self-righteous or is our righteousness... Correct, in the way it's rooted in Christ. What would you think of that?
1: Yeah, that's a very good thing for us to ask ourselves because we are by nature self righteous. We 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 do tend to base our sense of acceptance before God on ourselves and uh, you know how well we're doing. But when we come to Scripture, we see that that's not how God looks at it. Uh, you know, if if we could be accepted by God based on our efforts, there would have been no reason for Jesus to go to the cross and endure what He endured for us. So, um, while we tend to uh, assess ourselves and and maybe assume, naturally speaking, anyway, that that God is is bound to accept us if we just jump through the right hoops, uh, Scripture paints a different picture and tells a different story. And and it it informs us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags before God. If we're trying to uh, make ourselves righteous in his eyes and and be accepted by him. Uh, The only way that can happen is for us to have a clean slate before God. And that can only happen when the blood of Jesus washes away our sins through faith in Christ. So without the gospel, uh, all we have is self-righteousness. But in the gospel, the Bible says we have a righteousness from God that comes through faith in Jesus Christ. So that's a great place for the self-check to start. You know, am I being self-righteous? Am I trying to earn my way to heaven? Am I trying to gain acceptance by God based on my deeds? Am I trying to check the right boxes in, in hopes that God will, you know, uh, receive me into his family? Or, on the other hand, am I doing it the biblical way? Am I coming to the Lord as a sinner, humbling myself before him, uh, trusting that, that Jesus died for my sins to make me righteous in God's eyes, to wash away my sins? And if I'm doing that, then I am uh, on the path to heaven. Uh, then I can I can correctly say that heaven is my home, and it not be an arrogant statement. Because when you're trusting in the gospel, you're not you're not boasting in yourself. You're boasting in the cross. You're boasting in in Christ's sacrifice. Uh, That's why the Apostle Paul could say, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And and as I heard one pastor say uh, very wisely, he said, you know, really the only people who can say that they know they're going to heaven and not be arrogant are are Christians who believe the gospel. Uh, Because when you know the gospel, you know that it's not you that did anything to get you there. It's not It's not your works that were good enough or that you jumped through enough hoops. Uh, it was what Christ did for you. So uh, so that righteousness that God gives us through faith in Christ is the foundation of everything in the Christian life. And without that, uh, a person remains separated from God and uh, still lost in their sins uh, be, because it, it, it's almost like they're trying to do what Adam and Eve tried to do when they sinned in the Garden of Eden, and then they tried to cover themselves with fig leaves. That, that, that's what, what man does, uh, in essence, by trying to cover his sin with the fig leaves of his religion. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go to church and say a few prayers and, and, and do a few religious things. And, and those who do so in an effort to cover their sin, to earn their way, to, uh, to check the right boxes, uh, rather than putting their faith in Christ and the cross, well... Um, they 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 remain outside of God's family, and there is no salvation uh, for that kind of an approach. Um, the only way we can be saved is, is to come to the cross and to bring our sins to Jesus right there.
0: A lot of people might have a hard time you know judging themselves, checking themselves for you know being self righteous a lot of times they feel like they're correct in how they're handling things and going about it. So it might be a little bit harder for them to judge themselves over that. But another area that I think is pretty prominent for people, and I think it's pretty prominent in this world, and I'm actually kind of surprised that a lot of Christians, Bible-believing Christians, aren't more in tune with what is going on when it comes to intentionally sinning whether it be with our thoughts, our actions, the things we say, because there's a lot of acceptance going on, especially in the church now, of things that are anti-Bible that the Bible speaks out against. For example, the type of minister that might be there, uh, the type of leaders in the church, um, the doctrine that's being preached, you know, there's a lot of anti-Bible scripture doctrine that's being preached from pulpits today to try to fit an agenda that might be woke or might be um, you know more modern i know the you know hillary clinton one time said that we need to uh, change our faith to adjust to at uh, this was at the point abortion but you know political ideology others have said kind of the similar thing but this intentional sinning and i've always thought that that was kind of like the defining line between a Christian, legitimately having a problem with something like being challenged with a sin—that's their weakness. Satan's going to attack them. Satan's going to attack them. Satan's going to attack them, and might have a lot of victories in that area. Versus somebody that is, whether a Christian or not, but especially someone's a Christian, that's kind of flaunting that sin that they're living that lifestyle in. You know, I'm a Christian X Y Z. But that X, Y, Z lifestyle that you're living is completely against the Bible. So when it comes to that intentional sinning, I think that's something that we can kind of openly see because the work that we do or how our lives are is going to produce fruit. And as those fruits of the spirit, or is that fruit of something else that actually turns sour and becomes that fruit that the devil's producing in us? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, Don, and I think of something that Paul wrote um, in uh, in Galatians where he said, the man um, who sows to please the sinful nature, uh, from that nature, uh, you're, you're going to reap death, whereas the one who plo- uh, sows to please the Spirit will reap eternal life. What that's basically saying is that the, the believer is seeking to live for the Lord Uh, Even though we're imperfect, even though we mess up, you know, all the time we fall short of perfection. We're far from perfect, but we are trying to do the right thing. We're trying to do God's will. We're not sowing to please the sinful nature, at least not by and large. That's not the aim of our heart. Uh, Now, is it possible for a Christian to get caught up in a sin? Of course, is it possible for a Christian to, to start to even pursue sinful thoughts or behavior? Yes, it happens. But, but 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 that's then when we come under conviction of our sin. We don't have the peace of God in our hearts when we're doing that. Um, and, and that's why deliberate sin is, is so harmful to a person's spiritual life. Um, you know, uh, for years, uh, you know, when I was growing up, you know, I would hear that the Catholic Church, you know, talked about like mortal sin and venial sin. And I never really looked too much into it. Um, I, I would, uh, as i started to look more into the Bible, I would start talking about deliberate sin and hasty sin. And and, and one day I, I came to, to learn, Son, that, you know, there's not a whole lot of difference um, between those terms um, and, and, and that the Catholic Church is on to something. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that, um, you know, as a Christian, that, that all Christians are going to look at it exactly the way Catholics do, because I, I, I think— um, you know, I kind of get the sense that with the Catholic Church, they they, they tend to look at it like, you know, one mortal sin uh, that you commit, uh, and you're, wow, you're outside of the family of God. And and, and by the way, while we would probably agree with many, uh, maybe, uh, of the things that the Catholic Church might identify as a mortal sin, um, you know, uh, most many Christians are not going to view uh, contraception, for example, a, a, as a mortal sin or, 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 you know, some of the things that the Catholic Church would look at that way. I, I think also the other thing is um, many Christians would not look at it as though, um, you know, the minute you commit a, a particular type of delivered sin, now you're outside of God's grace, you know. Um, I mean, that's a whole other discussion and debate about, you know, what's going on there and, and, uh, you know, where is a person at in their faith? Were they ever a Christian? Are they just backslidden now? You know, um, I mean, th- that, that would take quite a while. We, we, you know, we, we've gotten into some of those things and, and we can get into those things. But we're just for the sake of this discussion, I would say that um, we're talking about deliberate sin. And just in general terms, uh, you know, Paul warns that the man who sows to please the sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. Okay, so in other words, if you're just living for sin, if that's the direction of your heart, that's the direction of your life. So that would that would uh, be pointing to, you know, deliberate, uh, intentional, premeditated, uh, just a sinful lifestyle. Uh, And um, when I use the term hasty sin, I'm talking about those sins that we commit as Christians, where kind of in the spur of the moment we get caught up in something and uh, by uh, words or actions we we give in to sin. And hopefully we recognize it right away. Hopefully we keep a very short account of it with the Lord. We confess it quickly and ask the Lord to just wash it away from our heart and mind and soul. And, and uh, you know, it, it, it's not as though we, we exit God's family when that happens. Uh, but we do uh, kind of leave behind for a while some of that peace of God, uh, which, you know, really flows when we're walking closely with Christ and not, you know, not, not giving in to sin. So um, deliberate sin, and I think that's really what that question, that kind of that self-analysis uh, question is asking, um, you know, deliberate sin is very, very harmful. I would even say dangerous. Uh, in fact, in uh, Hebrews 10, it says if we deliberately keep on sinning after we receive the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. So there's this fear that comes in, and rightly so, uh, in the heart of anyone who's conscientious if they're starting to live in deliberate sin. And so even for the believer, uh, a believer can lose their assurance of salvation. Now, you know, some are going to debate, well, no, you actually lose your salvation itself. And others would say, well, you know, well, if that happens, then you never were a believer. So, so then you're back onto that thing again. Um, and, and again, there are different views on that, uh, but I, I think the general principle is the same uh, across the board. And this is where I think really, you know, Catholics, Protestants, all Christians, I, I think by and large would agree that if you are just living intentionally for sin, you know, the Catholic, Catholics might use the term mortal sin or sins, uh, uh, but but they really get that from First from John, where John talks about, you know, there is a sin that leads to death. And, and many, you know, understand that to be, among other things, um, you know, just that in, intentional Persistent, deliberate sin, uh, where you're not a believer. You're just going against your conscience. You're going against the Word of God. Maybe you're not even going against your conscience. Maybe your conscience has been um, has been hardened. Uh, so, um, but but really, I think again, for the sake of this discussion, maybe what we're what we're considering here is what about the Christian? Um, and how do I kind of check myself before I wreck myself and a big place to do that is with intentional sin. Is there any, is there anything going on in my thought life or in my speech or my life where, I mean, I know it's wrong, but I'm just charging ahead with it. Boy, that should be a real red flag to say the least. Say time out, wait. Hey, I got to get with the Lord on that one because, um, this is not, this is not going to be good, uh, at all. Uh, unless I deal with it here, you know, right away with, with the Lord.
0: Is it one of those things, one of those areas, I guess, where, I don't know if it's complacency, but it's almost like that, That um, I guess it was in the 90s, I guess it came out of Willow Creek, you know, that sensor seek, uh, seeking or, you know, that... Yeah, secret sensitive. Secret sensitive, yep. where, okay, we're going to do away with... Anything that might be threatening, uncomfortable, you know, calling out someone's sin, you know, that conviction, we kind of do away with all that because we don't want them to feel uncomfortable when they come to the church. And has that led to some complacency in allowing, because there was a lot of areas growing up in, uh, growing up at the Christian church, growing up at Christian schools, there was a lot of areas like swearing. Okay, let's just take something as simple as swearing, Uh, profanity, that was like a major no, no, you just did not do that. Nowadays, swearing seems to be okay. I don't want to argue the, the debates of that right now, but that type of thing. It's like, okay, we've relaxed our standards so much because of possibly some things that have gone on due to uh, you know, a church ministry or a church ideology or something like that. Has that kind of also, do you think, maybe led to even allowing some of these other intentionally sinning type of things to, uh, to, to go on? because it has become acceptable in the Christian church that society has today?
1: Yeah, I think that definitely happens, son. I think there can be a a compromising, a watering down, a, uh, just kind of, uh, you know, becoming comfortable with something. I mean, you know, uh, there, there are, there are many examples, um, I think in society, you know, you, you, you mentioned a good one, uh, you know, profanity. Um, I mean that, that, that there's been a total, uh, Relaxing, where 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 there where there should have been, um, you know, some real uh, some real clear boundaries. You know, another one where, um, you really see this going on even among a lot of you know professing Christians. Um, you you, you see a lot of professing Christians uh, who will engage in, in in sex before marriage, um, and and maybe that is not as much taboo as it used to be. Uh, just because of the culture that we're in, um, for, for, for the same reason that you've even got people who, who would say, well, hey, I'm a Christian and I'm involved in a in a, in a gay uh, relationship. I mean, you, you can give all sorts of examples where the culture seems to kind of be setting the bar and defining you know what's acceptable and what's not, um, rather than God's Word. So whether it be profanity, whether it be a person's... Um, uh, you know just life of, of purity, you know the Bible says, "Keep the marriage bed pure, um, whether it be um, you know just just the way that we 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 talk about uh, you know other people, um, you know our society has become much more coarse, I think and and cynical and uh, you know and if a person's not careful, if a christian 's not careful you know that that can get into our hearts and um, we, 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 it can start to kind of soil the way that we think about others and talk about others. So it really does come back to just asking the Lord to work in us and upon us and through us uh, so that we don't gravitate toward our our, our sinful nature and, and we don't gravitate toward looking at things the way the world looks at things. Um, and and uh, definitely, you know, times uh, Times have changed in america and and the, the the things that are viewed by society as a whole as being acceptable that has changed and, and the bar has been greatly lowered because we've gotten away from uh, the bible we've gotten away from scripture we've gotten away from the gospel not that everybody was you know always a Christian or something like that, but it was much more uh, prevalent in society it seems than it is today and um and, and so there is various things that uh, I I think fit what you're describing there. And um, we just have to continually go back to God's word and and say, Lord, I mean, is is this behavior something that pleases you or doesn't, you know, there's a Bible verse that says, find out what pleases the Lord. And, and I know no better way to do that than to go to scripture. Uh, You know, of course, another way is just to seek the counsel of other Christians. And, and, and many times God will speak uh, to us through them as well. So, um, these are just things that I think are part of that self-check process um, to just kind of see, you know, hey, how, how are things going in my spiritual life? And are, you know, are there areas where God really wants me to pay a lot more attention?
0: Yeah, because there seems to be a lot of just different kinds of things that, that you come across just kind of in public, really, when you are dealing with just a lot of different people, what they believe and what their actions are. So you can judge somebody based on their actions, and hopefully our actions, or at least in my case, my actions are one that would be producing fruits of the Spirit, your love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. And I think if we start to do that and start to focus on those things. And even if, let's say, we're not a believer, but, I mean, a lot of people know what love is. Uh, A lot of people know what peace is. Um, You know, joy might be something that's hard to experience outside of, you know, God's grace in these days, but um, love, joy, patience, gentleness, self-control. You know, these are all things that even non-believers, people that don't even know it from a biblical perspective, have a definition of, and if we're producing those types of things those types of fruits, so to speak, then I think that our actions, as far as this spiritual health checkup that we're kind of talking about, would let us know that, okay, there's times when I'm going to fall into sin because the Bible says no one is perfect, that we all fall short of the glory of God, that we're all going to sin. So that's a part of it. And even though we don't celebrate it, we realize that's a part of it. But the overall health of my well-being, my spiritual life, is I'm producing these other fruits. So that's a good thing. But one of those areas that come into it, and we see it all the time. I mean, I think this is one of the biggest problems we have in society today because you turn on the news and there's blaming, 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 blaming. Everybody's blaming Trump for the issues of the world that we have today. Or you're blaming the Republicans. Or you're blaming the Christians. Or you're blaming white supremacy. Or you're blaming this. You're blaming that. And, in fact, what you're doing is you're basically just judging others. It was kind of like misinformation, replace the term lies, because that's all it is. You know, oh, that's misinformation. Well, that's a lie, is really what it comes down to if you're talking about it. And so blaming others is really judging others, and a lot of people have forgotten what it's like to forgive. And this frenzy about this recent town hall thing that I guess Trump did on CNN has a bunch of liberals up in, like, crazed mode. But it's like they don't know what forgiveness is, and not only are they judging others – But it's ruining themselves. I mean, that's the thing that I learned with forgiveness is that you forgive others, not for their benefit necessarily, but for your benefit. You release that grudge. You no longer have, that thing no longer has control over you, but you have control and actually given up control to God in releasing it. And so for us to sit there and judge others and blame others and to say they're the reasons why we are today in the shape that we are, or... They're the reason, kind of like that twink, Twinkie defense, you know. Oh, the the Twinkie made me do it. Um, you know, we're blaming something instead of taking responsibility. But forgiveness, repentance, um, getting rid of those grudges—I mean, that would just dramatically change our personal lives if we got rid of all that. Let alone what it would do with our spiritual life.
1: Oh yeah, there's there's no doubt about it, son, and and that's why, like in scripture. Um, you know, the Apostle Paul really addresses that very uh, directly um, because a lack of forgiveness will will block up our spiritual life like almost nothing else will and And as you say, because there is so much hostility in the culture, um, it, 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 there's just like this atmosphere of of getting mad at people. I mean I, I saw something yesterday. Um, I guess the actress is, maybe you can pronounce her name better than than me, but I'll try and pronounce it by the name of, uh, uh, Charlize Theron. Am I saying that
0: right? Charlize Theron.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, there was, uh, a little video where she was there with the people standing behind her and, you know, she was really angry and, 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 and even using the profanity, but, but saying, you know, I will, you know, f off anybody who basically comes against, you know, drag queens. And and basically was saying, you know, in essence, I mean, you know, the definition of love is a a drag queen, essentially, is what she was saying. You know, people who have expressed concerns about, uh, you know, drag queens teaching children in a library or in a school, you know, she just seems so mad at that, uh, you know, and mad at people who would, in her mind, have the audacity to want to keep that away from children. Um, and, And you just wonder, I mean, you know, what has to be going on in your soul, you know, for, for that to be something that you you want to expose children to. Um, and, and yet that's the reality of, you know, certain parts of the culture today. Um, it, it's not enough for some people to entertain those thoughts in their mind and, and enjoy thinking about you know, like in that case, you're a man dressing up as a woman and trying to entertain children and, and, and being, a, you know, trying to seriously portray that as a, as a healthy option, you know, for, for humans and, and even for children. Um, and, and that kind of ties in, Son, with uh, maybe you saw here just in the last day or so. But in Colorado, there are some uh, families, I believe they're suing the school district, because there was this after-school club. It was very cleverly marketed by, by those who had an agenda. Apparently, it was advertised as like an art club. It was going to meet after school. Okay, great. You know, and it might even have been grade school, if I'm not mistaken. But they advertised it as an art club. And what, were they, what they were really doing is really pushing an LGBTQ agenda on the kids. And, and even going so far as to say to them, I mean, hey, you know, you don't have to mention this. You know, what we talk about here to your parents. And, you know, kind of this whole push for trying to draw impressionable children. Who, who would be more impressionable than somebody who's kind of already kind of artsy? I mean, a lot of artsy type people with their gifts in that area. Um, I think maybe they have found that maybe they are a little more susceptible to some of those, you know, emotional decisions at, at an age where they haven't really thought through it enough and, and they can be persuaded a little bit more. But I mean, who who has that as their agenda? that they want to try and turn a child, you know, uh, in, into something other than what God created them to be. Um, but, but that ties in with the Shalice uh, Theron deal because, um, you know, we no longer live in a day where uh, everybody just wants kids to have kind of an innocent, um, wholesome, uh, you know, just moral upbringing. You know, now it's like, who can get to the kids first? With the message of transgenderism, or or um, you know what it means to be uh, you know queer, uh, you know so it's just a very very different day, and you can certainly understand why so many Christians and even many others who aren't Christian, but many Christians are choosing to go either home school or with a Christian school, unless they know their 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 public school very well and 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 are uh, assured that 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 sort of uh, agenda is not, you know, happening there. But, I mean, all it really takes, I suppose, is that one teacher who has that agenda. And uh, it's just really sad to think about what kids are being exposed to. And then to think that Charlize, Charlize Theron, that she would be so angry at people who don't want their little ones, their innocent ones, being exposed drag queens I, it just it blows the mind but but that's that's where things
0: are at yeah i saw something dan recently um so i want to give it a credit it wasn't me that came up with it but it said why if drag queens want to do reading or whatever why don't they go read to old people why is it young kids you know and i think oh, it was good point you know i was driving home the point that You know, there is a specific targeting of young kids because if you were going to have drag queen book hour, it would be for all people. Yeah. But it's focusing on kids. Right. The other thing you see is a lot of hypocrisy because you have one Mm -hmm. side, and again, this goes back to the blaming the other side and trying to hold yourself self-righteous so it kind of goes into two of the categories that we're Mm -hmm. talking about but you've got like this gun thing that's going on okay people are talking about gun control gun control and they're talking about they want to do it for the kids they want to do it for the kids safety for the kids safety for the kids but these same people Mm -hmm. turn around and they're pro-abortion which obviously kills kids they're pro-gender uh mutilating, you know, whatever, gender affirming, you know, but it's actually gender, you know, (laughs) mutilating of kids. They're drag queen story hours. Basically, they do all these other things that are so anti-kid and so anti-healthy for kids. But yet, and so, again, the hypocrisy comes up. And so when they sit there and they're self-righteous in their, like Charlize Theron, self-righteous in her whatever it is that her stance is, and then judging others yeah. because they don't have the same belief system as you do. But yet your belief system is flawed because there's so many other things that you support that are anti what you're trying to say here. We support kids. So kids need this, but you hate kids because you demonstrate your hate towards kids over here in these areas. It's just crazy. Right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it is. And I'm reminded of, uh, A little uh, meme, I guess it was, that somebody in our church sent me here not too long ago. I thought it was a very good point that this little question made, and and it went like this. I mean, essentially it said, you know, how would these transgender activists or these trans activists, how would they feel if, if if there were, say, Christians in their school or at the library or wherever they were, like, secretly baptizing their children? You know, um, I mean, how would they feel? You know, um, that's a very personal thing for a family. And, 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 and yet to secretly try to indoctrinate a child in, in, into a, a different gender, to, to prey on their gender dysphoria, to prey on their maybe their confusion or maybe just the fact that maybe this little boy uh, has some feminine aspects right now or this little girl has some tomboy aspects. And so we're going to jump all over that. And we don't care if 10 years from now, this little girl, uh, comes to the conclusion that she wished she had not had a double mastectomy. Um, we don't care about that. We don't even want to, we don't even want to hear about that. All we care about is that right now at this moment in time, this young child is feeling, um, confused about their gender. And we want to be there hopefully without the parents even knowing, we want to be there to help. Turn them in the direction of hormones. Turn them in the direction of radical surgery. Um, and, and turn them into a transgender. We want to do that. But don't you dare come and tell us later if you have regrets about that, because we don't care about that. Um, all we want to do is get, get you while you're young. And that's exactly how it's coming off. That seems to be what's being done. And, and all of the stories for those who want to detransition and go back and find out how difficult it is to go back, um, uh, and in many ways impossible in some regards to go back uh, because of what you've done to yourself physically and everything else. Um, it's it, it just beyond belief that that that, that is going on. And, and then the audacity and just the wickedness of trying to do that behind the parents' back. Is it any wonder that if parents, let's say, don't have a super close relationship with their, with their child, let's say, or they don't have the kind of communication that they hope to have, you know, why they would be concerned about just putting them into a a situation where they don't know how many of those activists are are, kind of predators. How many of these predators are roaming around looking to prey on children who have a little bit of confusion, maybe a little bit of dysfunction in their family, uh, who doesn't, you know, a a little bit of um, maybe gender dysphoria, and, and they're looking for victims. And, you know, we talk all the time, and well, we should, about the sexual predators, but what about the transgender predators? What about those who are trying to transition kids uh, against the wishes of the parents? And um, just for their own selfish purposes, uh, this, is, this issue is not going away. And uh, it, it's something that is concerning, um, you know, millions, millions of Americans.
0: You know, one thing I just thought of when it comes to Hollywood, you mentioned Charlize Theron. It comes to Hollywood and Hollywood supporting some of these things um, that are out there. You think back to the Me Too movement, okay, where women in Hollywood, for example, because I think it was, I want to say Rose McGowan and some of those type of actresses that really pushed the Me Too movement over the top to make it like a main mainstream thing, but so these women were being exploited, sexploited um, in Hollywood, right? And all these yeah. women stood up. Me too, me too, hashtag me too, okay? But yet now, so they wanted to be recognized for having been victims of sexual assault in Hollywood by you know, the powers that be, the ones that would basically control their career. And they had no control over it, or at least they didn't think they had any control over it, so they wouldn't fight back. Maybe they wanted to have that career so bad they put up with it. Maybe they were just paralyzed. Whatever it is, it happened. Okay. So now these same people that were victimized are now victimizing another group of people that can't do anything literally for themselves because they are young. They're impressionable. They're the ones that are going to listen to the adults. And they're the ones that are going to go along with it because an adult tells them to do this. And so the very people that were speaking out against victimizations in Hollywood are doing the same thing. It's like the abuser or the abused is now becoming the abuser and never learned anything from their experience in the me too movement.
1: That's exactly right. And they're preying on vulnerable teens who are, um, just locked to their phones and their social media and especially those teens. Okay. It, it would be similar to what, a, a pimp would do when trying to find um, a young girl to uh, pull into his um, to his work that he's doing, you know, really, you know, the work that they're doing uh, and him, him making money out of uh, essentially kidnapping her uh, and, and pulling her into uh, sex trafficking um, for his own financial gain. Okay. Um, I mean, is that really any worse? Than, than, than those who are preying on impressionable young minds that are, are you know, already incredibly influenced by peer pressure and, and, and where there's so much in social media praising you if you, um, you know, express any kind of interest or support in anything like that. I mean, so these young kids are, are, are being made to feel like, well, hey, you know, I'll be important if I change gender and I can kind of rebel against maybe my parents, if I don't get along well with them or, or with the system or whatever, um, I can be very popular. People will love me. Um, and, and I think, I think this happens, um, with the whole LGBTQ church, as I like to call it, son, uh, it really has to become a religion uh, for people. Um, and uh, LGBTQ church is something that, is, is being promoted with religious fervor, um, and they're recruiting people uh, in many ways uh, almost more intentionally and sometimes maybe than Christian churches are, are evangelizing, which is our, our mission. Um, you know, the LGBTQ church, uh, and certainly, you know, uh, Charlize uh, throne and, and many others like that in Hollywood and elsewhere, um, they know what their tenets are. They know what their doctrines are. They know what their faith is about, um, and they know that um, reaching a young person uh, is, is, is going to be a, a huge goal of, of, of their religion. And, uh, you know, right now, at least in, in many states, um, you know, they're able to kind of get by with some of that in the public schools. Um, some states are clamping down on that, like Florida, and rightly so, and say, hey, leave, leave, leave all of your you know, proselytizing LGBTQ, proselytizing, you know, leave that out of the classroom and good for them for trying to kick that religion out of the classroom. Uh, because that, that does not promote, um, wholesome thinking. Um, that, that, that does not help a child. Uh, you know, no, we're not talking at all about being intolerant or insensitive. Um, no, um, you know, children need, need support. Teenagers need support. Um, we, no one should be, um, condemned by, uh, by, by those who, who see that as being, um, uh, you know, behavior that is harmful. Uh, no one should be condemned by, by, uh, by those, but, um, that doesn't mean that we need to promote that, uh, in the schools and, and have that, you know, secretly introduced to kids in art clubs after school. Um, and and, and these sorts of things, which uh, you can understand why parents would be so outraged over that. I mean, imagine, son, having a child, and and, and you learn one day that your little eight-year-old, you know, was was going to a club after school, and they were saying, well, hey, you don't have to tell your parents, but, you know, yeah, and and they're just teaching them, you know, LGBTQ um, doctrine. Um, They're they're, they're basically um, trying to pump them full of that religion um and and indoctrinate them in that religion uh you know imagine how um well just how much that would bother you know the, you or i the, or just the average parent so um you know parents you know we have to be careful these days um kids need uh, our prayers they need uh they need uh, the lord they need um they need uh, church involvement they need christian friends um they need prayer uh, and uh, you know it's it's a big it's a big task, and you can certainly see why um, you know many many people have not gone down that that narrow road yet. Nobody's told them, or maybe they tried it and, and it, it seemed too restrictive for them. But um, whatever the case may be, um, you know the Lord is is wanting to equip us to make disciples, and that begins by you know, kneeling at the foot of the cross and just, you know, admitting to God that you're a sinner and, and that you need his forgiveness. You need salvation. And, and then from there, um, you know, you'll be off to the races. And, um, it's like, I talked about Sunday, you know, there'll be a spiritual battle that's going to be going on. Um, but, um, you'll be on the winning team, uh, because the winning team involves those who, when they die, they go to heaven and not to hell. That's the winning team. And that's what Jesus did, you know, for everyone. You know, it's just terrible that many don't know it or, or refuse to believe it. But um, anybody who wants to can be on the winning team. And, and that doesn't give us the right to look down on anybody, to judge anybody, um, to be intolerant of anybody. But, but we are called to speak the truth in love. And um, just as we need boundaries in the home, uh, a society without boundaries. Well, you know, you even mentioned earlier today, Son, I mean, it's like a nation without borders. A society without boundaries is like a nation without borders. And, you know, that's not sustainable. You know, it, it's not sustainable if, if in your life you, you, you just feed your addictions, whatever those are, um, over and over and over again. That's not sustainable. Um, and, a nation can't just open its borders and let anybody in. I mean, that's not sustainable. Uh, I mean, you, you can have a certain amount uh, of that. But if you just open the borders... Um, you know, you just, there's just not, there's not an ability, um, there's not an ability to take care of, uh, the, the millions and millions and millions of people who will come flooding across. Um, so, you know, these are things that are all going on right now. And, um, God's giving us opportunities to, um, you know, be a witness for him and to lead others to him. And if, but, but if we're not doing some of these self-check things, if we let ourselves go. And, and um, we, uh, you know, get distracted by sin and temptation and the devil. I mean, we're not going to be of much use to, to, to the Lord until we kind of, by His grace, you know, get back to where He wants us to be um, in terms of saying no to, as the Bible says, ungodliness and worldly passions. That's what the grace of God teaches us to say. Um, and and not, not, to, not to judge others, not to condemn others. That's not our job but but in our own life, in our own life to say no to those things that God says are off limits. And when we do that by his grace, we find not only am I forgiven, but Hey, the Lord's actually kind of using me to reach this person over here or that person over there, or, you know, whoever the case might be, or this person in my family. And I find myself praying more, you know, and I, I find myself being filled with the Holy spirit. Um, now that I'm not just giving into deliberate sin, uh, or at least, you know, very little, hopefully. Um, So uh, these are all things that God, thankfully he's patient with us and, um, you know, we just learn more and more, don't we, as as we go along on the, on the Christian road.
0: Yeah. And the one thing we mentioned about doing things in secret, you know, depending upon what we're doing in secret will dictate what our drive is, you know, what's our purpose, what's our agenda. Um, and that, and that includes, you know, am I serving myself? Or am I serving others? Is my own interest being served or is it someone else? And what I mean by what we do in secret, if we give in secret, okay, let's say we give donation, tithe, church, whatever. If we give that in secret, Mm -hmm. then our motives are probably pretty pure that we just want to donate or give without the recognition. But if we give because we want the whole world to know, well, then our giving might have another agenda and it might be self-serving. If you look at some of these things that are going on in the schools in secret, like you mentioned, don't tell your parents. Anytime you're not telling your parents something, it's usually something that's Mm -hmm. probably not going to be pretty good. Um, Right. Anytime you want to keep it from the police, probably not pretty good. Anytime Mm -hmm. you want to keep it from some sort of authority figure or you're ashamed to share with other people, family members, whatever, there's probably something that's not going good. So that's another indicator that am I serving others or am I looking out for my own interest? Well, if you're doing it in secret, you're probably doing it for yourself and your own interests, and your motives are probably bad. And that's what you start to see in a lot of these things that you were talking about, is their motives are in secret. And secrecy usually means you're trying to cover up something because it's probably not something that is going to be any good.
1: Yeah, you know, it, those things that are done in the darkness uh, are generally done because you're, you're, you're afraid of doing it in the light. Um, you know, there was a book years ago written. You know, who are you when no one's looking? Um, so, uh, you know, as Christians, it, it, it's a good reminder to us that you know God wants us to be the same. Um, you know, in private as as we are in public. You know, not not to have you know two different ways of of living. And and likewise, just in the Christian life and a person's life in general. Uh, that was a great point you made, Son, Just how uh, you know um, wh- wh- what am I what am I trying to have done secretly? and And so that can uh, that can be a good way to maybe check on you know whether whether something that we're doing is is the right thing to do or not and Of course, as we're saying today, um, you know there's a lot of pressure on young people today to do the right thing um, there's a lot of pressure on young people from so in, in social media uh, to do uh, the things that that the culture wants young people to do and, and there's a lot there are many attempts to try to uh, to get to young people. Um, now, ultimately, um, you know, this is why the, the family uh, is so important, why parents are so important. You know, we're just a few days out now for Mother's Day. And, uh, you know, there are few relationships, well, really, there aren't any human relationships more important than really than a relationship with your mother and your father, especially when you're growing up, you know. Um, to have uh, that foundation, to have that that strength of a, of, a, of a good mom, a good dad, and And so this Sunday, we'll be focusing on the blessing of our mothers. I'm very blessed to have a, a godly mother who uh, who just uh, had a, a birthday here last month and turned eighty three. Uh, my dad would have been eighty five uh, at the end of January, but he went home to heaven um, about uh, four months ago or so and uh, and, 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 and so you know we, we we get so many years on this earth. Uh, like I say, I'm very blessed to have uh, wonderful, uh, have had wonderful Christian parents. Um, Tammy and I have, have sought to, you know, uh, raise our four kids uh, that way, and now we just have uh, had our, our first grandchild here recently, and we'll be having our second. But I mean, as the generations go on, um, this is an opportunity that we have as Christians to uh, to raise our kids, to know the Lord, to love the Lord, uh, to pray over our kids, and. Um, you know, you just, you just, you hate to think about how many young people there are in the schools that, you know, are being raised by social media, but don't have much influence at home, uh, being raised by their peers, or how about kids in the inner city being raised in a gang, uh, you know, so there are so many situations where there's not a good home life, there's not a good relationship between uh, parents and child or children. And, and so this is the foundation of the society. In many respects, the family and this, of course, is what the devil wants to attack uh and and destroy uh is the family so um prayer is needed greatly today uh the word of God is needed, and we pray for revival in America and just really for families that that god will will give fathers and mothers the the wisdom and the strength that they need, uh especially if they're you know working outside the home, which you know many are of course. Um, and, 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 so, um, you know, for those hours that you do have with your child, you try to make the most of those, but, uh, you know, it's just quite a, uh, quite a mission that we, that we have. And, uh, hopefully, um, you know, everybody listening to this podcast on, hopefully everybody will, will take something away from this today where they say, Hey, you know, I, uh, I, I can think of now a few things that maybe I'll, I'll try to apply to my Christian life, uh, that, that Son and Dan were talking about that I think can help me not only to be stronger myself as a Christian, but then, you know, to be, you know, part of the solution for my loved ones, my friends, my neighbors, somebody who's going through a tough time, because then maybe if I'm at a point where I'm just not always needing others to to rescue me, maybe maybe now I can start to help rescue them. Um, uh, You know, maybe now as some of my needs have been met by the Lord and working through others, um, you know, Lord, make me uh, someone who can um, contribute now uh, to, to others who are broken and hurting. And and, uh, and even as we know, even suicidal, you know, in our nation, that, that's a huge epidemic. And, and with the huge drug epidemic and all the many things that can pull a person away from the Lord or can depress them, um, Satan being the biggest one of those, uh, trying to, you know, steer people in the direction of, of suicide or, or to hurt, hurt others. And, and, uh, the Lord, the Lord can come in and, and help people who are going through those struggles. And, and if you're listening to this podcast, and maybe you are at a very low point in your life, um, you know, just reach out to the Lord and, uh, ask him to help, ask him to restore your mind, ask him to give you peace, ask him to forgive your sins, ask him to be your savior. And, and, uh, boy, a miracle can happen, but, um, uh, you know, uh, it, it's going to be, uh, necessary for you to just come to the Lord. Even as Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Uh, so if you're weary and burdened over your sin, which hopefully you are, if you're weary and burdened, maybe in life, you're just sick and tired of maybe, you know, feeding your addiction or, 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 you know, getting angry or living in fear or, uh, maybe even being suicidal, you know, uh, come to the Lord, uh, pour it out to him, pour all your heart to him, uh, the way that Hannah did in the old Testament and I'll be preaching on her this Sunday. And, and she, uh, you know, she, she wanted to have a baby and uh, it took a while, but the Lord answered her prayer. And, and we're going to see that this Sunday and God brought Samuel uh, there uh, into her life. But uh, God will answer your prayers too, my friend, whatever that might be according to his will, he'll answer them according to his will. But um, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. So um, what have you been asking God for? Uh, what do you want to ask God for? What do you think God wants in your life and and don't worry if this is not what he wants he'll he'll um he'll He'll do something else but but I think more often than not we're we're maybe a little bit guilty of just you know asking too little or not asking at all and 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 then you know we 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 miss out on all uh, a lot of the things at least that god uh, would have loved to have done for us
0: Dan Delzell with us as always as we talk about some areas that we can have some self-reflection and to see exactly how healthy our spiritual walk might be. And Dan, as always, we appreciate your time and insights to this. And we look forward to uh, many more conversations, uh, God willing.
1: Oh, amen, son. I sure look forward to that as well. And thanks again for having me along for the ride today. And um, we just uh, look forward to hearing from any of the listeners if if, uh, they have any uh, praise reports or things they want to pass along. And it's uh, it's just great to know, son, that God is, um, working through through us and so many Christians to, um, to bring the light into this dark world because uh, Christ loves everyone and, and, and will help anyone who calls upon him.
0: And you can reach out uh, via email, sanctifiedreasonpodcast at gmail.com. That's sanctifiedreasonpodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out our website at radiowarp.com. That's radio, W-A-R-P, radiowarp.com. Click on the logo, And all of our shows pop up, and you can uh, listen to some past shows as well if you like this one and want to know more. And then also, um, just, uh, you know, like Dan said, just reach out if there's something that you would like to share, feedback, questions, whatever it might be, just reach out to us, and uh, we'll definitely get back to you. And so for John, if I may
1: just throw one thought in
0: there also, uh, because, you know, I mentioned praise reports, but the thought
1: also occurred to me, and we've mentioned this before, but if any listener is really being burdened with something or, or has a prayer request or if there's something that you'd like to talk about, I mean, we, we, we'd certainly love to hear from that on that situation uh, from you as well. So it doesn't have to be a praise report. It might be a prayer request. It might be a need, um, you know, uh, but that's what, you know, we're, we're here for. So feel free to, to reach out, certainly for those things, almost you know, even more so than the other, because uh, we know God wants to help you at your point of need.
0: Yeah, and especially if you're looking for a resource of some sort, maybe you don't know, a church in your area, um, counseling, whatever it might be, you know, between Dan and myself, we've got some uh, connections or know people that might be able to help you in your area, even if you think that uh, you're outside of where we are. We do have a, um, a big network of people that we have met along the way and know. So uh, do do reach out. Sanctified Reason Podcast at gmail.com. That's sanctifiedreasonpodcast at gmail.com. And once again, Dan, thanks so much. We appreciate it. And for those of you listening, hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.